0: You are listening to The Chits and Giggles
1: Podcast.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Chits and Giggles Podcast. My name is Russell and today I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Ben. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, we're back.
1: Woo! <laughs>
2: Feels like we haven't done this in so long, which just because uh, we haven't done this in so long. So your feelings um, are that's accurate. <laughs> your that's feelings true. still work, um, you're not dead yet. Yeah, we still play board games. Believe it or not, still happening. (laughs) Come on, Dave, you need a bigger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that was. Goodness Um, me! I think that's my. um, You know, when you have a certain love for something, but it's very hard to grab that love sometimes. That's the sound you make. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) is that like that? I think it's because a
0: bit of your digestive falls into the bottom of your tea. And it's like you just yeah. can't quite get it.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's exactly sad. Like. That's sometimes the feeling I have about board games. But that's okay, because we just went to the UK Games Expo and we, we got did. to see loads of games. And my we love indeed. grew once well, more. When you say we, you mean you and Russell. Well, me uh, and Russell, because yeah. you made the foolish mistake we, of moving to Australia. That's right. But <laughs> We did invite
0: you. That's true, you did. Um, but I decided <laughs> to take. To the uh, approach of completely ignoring it and not even looking and doing any research into the UK Games Expo, partly out of jealousy and partly <laughs> so that the giggle for this podcast will work.
2: Yes. Smart. So just in case Take him on for the team. you're curious about that. Um, so obviously we'll just talk about the games that we played at the UK Games Expo, myself and Dave. And then afterwards, the giggle will be the fake game game makes a return. slightly tweaked format so looking forward to that so let's get stuck in dave what did you play oh um i really enjoyed do you know what just thinking about this let's talk about how the overall expo went first because i think it's worth talking about it's it's now the officially again the third largest expo in the world and that's something is this after gen con and essen yes is it and it's the third after that Whoa! Yes, no, it's the it. Yes, the third off, Yeah, sorry, I thought you meant the third one after that. So there was another two in between. Right, oh, no, no, no. That's mind that, impressive. Me, so, <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Um, because the last time I went, it was still in the Hilton, but now it's in the NEC and it's all big and impressive, isn't it? Well, it's in halls one and two of the NEC now. Wow. What? Yeah, which I thought was qu- which. You know, it didn't ever feel like it was uh, too big or too small that makes sense just right no yes. it, yeah i mean there was enough that what they'd done is they'd put all the bigger sort of uh publishers in that in hall 1 and then they've kind of pushed a lot of these smaller publishers with the very small stands uh into hall 2 so it, they both had a kind of different feel to it um playtest uk was in hall 2 as well Oh, cool. They had a very big presence there. Do they um,
0: still have a like a, a whole big area for people to play games with each other?
2: Yeah, open gaming. And, and that is now actually in Hall 2 as well. Okay, so cool. because that's the whole... To me, had, that
0: was the thing that always made the UK Games Expo stand out, is that it yeah. wasn't just about buying games and trying games. It was about actually playing games and meeting people. And it um, that was my favourite part of it.
2: Uh, you know what? I'm sure Dave will agree on this as well but we certainly did feel like we met a lot of people we did expo. yeah it was
1: really good it was really nice we got to um i guess catch up with a lot of people um that we've been chatting to recently outside of the expo and uh it was it was nice to be chits and giggles at this expo actually mm-hmm. yeah definitely felt like um
2: even though you know we, we we don't have the problem of uh shut up and sit down have of people just probably coming up to them all the time and um you know, stopping them from actually going anywhere and, and che- checking out any of the games. Um but it certainly did feel nice that people would look at the shirt I was wearing and uh, kind of go, hm, as if they hmm. knew they knew of us. <laughs> Give um, a knowing nod. Yeah. yeah it's quite cool. They look at the show and um, go,
0: Those guys haven't done a podcast in ages.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where
1: are those guys <laughs> gone?
2: <laughs> um which is why we're redeeming ourselves now. Um <laughs> Luckily, we've yeah. been, uh, you know,
1: making some hot video content.
2: Yeah. I think we can talk about the uh, Escape the Dark Castle video that we, we recently put up, which was well-timed. It was, uh,
1: wasn't
2: it? Yeah, because well they're, they're doing a Kickstarter for their next project, and they actually used the video uh, of us playing it for their Kickstarter, which is cool. So, we've had a lot of traffic from that, and uh, yeah, that it's... Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Thanks for checking out. If if you're listening to this and you haven't actually, you know, listened to a podcast before or you have only just heard of us, thank you for checking us out. Um, we will be putting up more video content very soon. Just a case of organizing it. Um,
1: yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, cracking on with things, finding the balance between real life and hobbies. You know, just the usuals. Yeah. Anyway, we've straight we've straight we have, guys. We have, we, have. we have so very much
2: digressed. B- back onto the UK Games Expo. Let us actually sorry, now now you can talk about the
1: games. <laughs> hey, all right, so I guess like highlights for me were Five Minute Chase I really enjoyed. I don't know if you've seen this one, Ben, it's been out a while. Have you heard no. of Five Minute Chase? Nope. No? Alright, Five Minute Chase is a nice asymmetric game that only lasts five minutes. Oh It's nice, isn't it? Oh, so it's um, not like Eight Minute Empire it actually lasts the time, it says. Well, the game lasts that many minutes. The explanation for the game definitely lasts a lot longer. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. Um, That's true. Five is very nice because one of you is essentially like someone escaping prison trying to get to their safe house and the other player plays the cops trying to catch them. And the way it's asymmetric is essentially the robberies doing some tile laying, having to match up certain roads, having to find sneaky routes past the police. Um, and on each tile they lay there are also witnesses all facing different directions and essentially the cop is then trying to lay the symbol down for the area of the witness who is facing the correct way to look out for the road that the robber just went down so as the robber plays the tiles the cop is trying to look for the witness looking the correct way and place their token to try and catch up with the robber and if they catch them hooray the police person wins whereas if the robber gets to their safe house then they are victorious so is and this essentially a two-person game yeah, just a two-person game. I think you can, no, play, it, four no, you players can play it with four players where yeah. two cops and two robbers both going separate directions. All right. So, yeah, that kind of also works. Um, so they can split up and make it almost two simultaneous games. But, yeah, it was nice. I it was one of those games where like, I really game. enjoyed the experience of playing it. It's not a game I would ever need to own, but it's a really good cafe game that sort of, like, have a quick crack at something uh-huh. in between. Yeah. Um, but it was nice, it was nice, it was different, and I hadn't played a game like it before. I was like, This is clever. I'm enjoying this. Well well, I have something to say about this game. Go on, say it. Um I
2: I very much enjoyed the concept of it and uh, but I didn't actually enjoy the execution. Um essentially because it's asymmetric game, um, you have the, the the chaser, uh sorry, the the runner who is playing the tiles down in a frantic kind of confused mess which is great and that was that really was stressful the person i ended up playing um the demo with and literally was like breathing heavily after we'd finished the first round because he just about escaped um but on the flip side of that the chaser the person who's trying to catch them is that it's just not that fun for me oh Um, did not enjoy it uh well all you're doing is looking at the tiles and looking at faces and just seeing which one has the most that point in a certain direction. I however really see a good future for this game potentially and you're right it's good for the cafe because I wouldn't want to buy it because for me it doesn't have enough replayability to mm-hmm. it. But yeah. with a, um with some like future expansions or tweaks i can really see this concept working. I think the I think the uh activity that the person chasing does should be more varied and more interesting and i say this he might have tested this he or she whoever came up with the game might have tested this to death and found that that was the best sort of level of activity that the chaser could handle but for me when i was playing i really felt like i was holding myself back a little bit just to make the chase a little bit more exciting and then i left myself then the then the runner played a few tiles like in quick succession and managed to escape but i don't know i just didn't i just didn't find one side of the the games as much fun as it could I th- have been. I,
1: I, I enjoyed both. I think it's nice because there's that element of, am I right? And in all the games that we played... Essentially, you check at the end of the game, Ben, by flipping over the tiles and seeing if the symbol you played was correct. You know, there's a, a right and a wrong answer, essentially. Um, so you have four tokens with like a star, a square, a circle, a triangle on them. And obviously, each of the areas where the witnesses are has a symbol to, for you to match. So if the one facing the correct way was on the triangle section and you've played your triangle token, then hooray, you carry on to the next tile and you are successfully chased. Um, Whereas if you've made a mistake and you put your square down, then the chase was unsuccessful and the robbers still get away. So there is an element of uh, not being too frantic about it, actually having to stop to think: Am I right um, in the chase? Because as as the chaser, as the chaser, yeah. Because both times okay. I was the chaser, I messed up. I gone messed up, and uh, I played you know the wrong symbol, and the robber escaped because I was a fool and too. So because quick. you played the chaser. wrong symbol, did it mean that everything?
2: That the robber did after that was essentially irrelevant,
1: uh, yeah, essentially,
2: yeah, even if i don't i didn't we didn't come across a situation in my demos that um both players messed up, but i think um I think if that happens, probably nobody gets any points, right, yeah. Okay.
1: So, I mean, it, yeah. it was nice because there's a bit of tension. Essentially, like when you've caught the robber, like, oh yeah, I got gotcha. you. But then there's the whole, well, let's just check if you did. And then it kind of goes to another round. So it's like three levels of tension going on. But they didn't yeah. have
0: enough evidence to convict him. Exactly. Is this uh, yeah, game false witness? Was it being was it being demoed or is it now available?
1: It's, it's now it's available. Both. Yeah, you can buy yeah. it for fourteen GBP. <laughs> very helpful for ben
2: who is (laughs) in the other side of the world i have an aud over here bro (laughs) um
1: Um, so i think uh, yeah again as mentioned it's a good little have a go game is one of those and i would definitely play it again if i was in the vicinity of it but i'm not going to spend 14 of my gbps on this game
2: i would definitely play it in a cafe
1: yeah again and I hope that there's an expansion or a sequel
2: to it. Six-minute chase. Whoa! <laughs> Don't mad. Don't um, go what mad. did you play, Russell? Um, what was your game? Uh, well, what did I play? Um, so I ended up playing a game that's been out for a while. So sorry, I'll just quickly talk about this. Old it's called news. Untold <laughs> adventures await, or I think it's adventures await. It is. And essentially, it uses Rory's story cubes as a storytelling mechanic, like the game, it, <laughs> like Rory's story cubes, but it does it in a, in a way that you can. Tell a progressing story. So the idea is you have this kind of board on the table and it's got five wooden, uh, sorry, cardboard uh, tiles. uh, And then during the game, like that, represent the chapters. And during the game, you'll turn one over and on that board, it will have sort of slots where you can place the cubes. um, And it it might tell you, oh, you've got to now use one of the cubes to indicate the big bad of the of the of the story uh, and another cube to represent the location Um, and then doing the actual uh, gameplay how you tell the story is you use these sort of action points and these talking um, points both represented by tiles Uh, and when in order to use those you have to then roll whatever dice there are are remaining and uh, use them to answer questions or kind of explain what happens in the story so it's kind of restricted you are I think the best sort of creative stuff comes when you're restricted somewhat. And I think that this did a good job of doing that. Um, Yeah. And then what I liked about it is very easy to get into. You create the world at the beginning and it's all very fun. Um, Rory, the the Rory himself was there and he was teaching us this game, which is cool. Um, And he obviously has put a lot of thought into this game. Um, He even came up with an idea when he was teaching me, when I questioned something. Um, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So he's still probably developing this game somewhat. Um, but even though it's out, what it's was out your now. idea? I want to know. Uh, well, he said that I. W- I think the question was I asked him was um, special abilities like how there was a there's a there's a sheet on the card like the abilities or special abilities that your character has like how do you like how how does that work? How is it a special ability? I can't remember exactly, but I remember he said, "Oh, maybe." Um, Maybe the thing is that when you are revealing the... um, Oh yeah, so instead of dice rolls to to indicate success or failure in this game, you have a deck of cards that are rigged. So you have equal um, numbers of successes and fails. But some of them have like qualifiers. So it might be a fail, but... So even though you failed what you're trying to do, you still may get some good out of it. Or it might say um, you've, you've succeeded and... And then you reveal a reaction card um, and that will kind of tell you something else. So, yeah, you've achieved what you needed and something else happens that must cause this reaction. Um, So it's kind of clever. And he was saying, oh, one of the special abilities, maybe you can reveal two of the uh, resolution cards and you get to pick which one you want or something. So he's clearly still working on it. Um, Very, very, yeah, like I said, very good. uh, Easy to get into game. Very easy to learn. Um, You... I like the way that it's structured and you are only meant to take about an hour of playing this uh, if you follow the rules, uh, which is very simple, so essentially you're just telling a quick sort of fun story and even though I played with a complete stranger, uh, we ended up sort of having a bit of fun and uh, kind of learning to work together and cooperatively tell a story because in the rules of improv, uh, they do have this rule that it's always yes and you're never allowed to say no, and that was kind of encouraged during this game. So even though I found what the other guy was saying completely ridiculous, I couldn't sort of say no, no, no. That's not how it. Okay. So instead, I had to just kind of work a way around that, and it was it was good. I enjoyed it. So, so is I, it? But that go on. what what makes it a game? Um. <laughs> the fact that you're using the dice. Okay, you have to roll the dice at the beginning and choose the location and such. Um. And eventually you have these, um, you have a player board and it allows you to do several things that you can do once during the game or in in the matter of um, having an idea, you can use that several times. So, for example, if somebody, you're you're telling a story, um, and in our case, the story was about um, starting in a theater and finding this big chained up sort of half mechanic, half animal beast um, and some guy in a mask kind of watching him um and trying to and was about to sort of kill him for some reason um and uh, during the game we were like the guy said something which was a bit uh weird and so you can use these idea tokens to sort of like add something to what they say so you can choose when to use those then there's also this flashback token you can um use a flashback token to sort of like add some backstory to something you're about to do so for example maybe you realize that you know this person in the mask you can go like all right and flashback well i'm i'm a young person blah blah blah, blah and we met blah 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 uh so it's it, you have these aspects of it that make it more game like but it isn't it's it's a role-playing game so so the um at certain points in your story essentially there will be an outcome and it will be
0: positive or negative is that what you're saying mm-hmm. yeah and and So those outcomes are completely disconnected to how good your story is. It's it's just going to be an outcome. What do you mean? Well, as in... So, like... um, For instance, I'm trying to think of a a super extreme way of saying it. If it was for your section of the story, you could just say the word badger over and over again and then turn over a card and it might say success.
2: No, you have to to try and... Essentially, you either want, on your turn, on these chapters, you either use um, an action tile or a talking tile, which is like an explanation tile. So you have to essentially, if you want to do an action, you want to say, I want to attack the the beast and kill it, for example. And then you would use up one of your action tiles and then see what happens from it. If it's yes, then you, you explain how you kill him. Um, But if it's fail, you have to explain that you tried to and why it didn't work. Okay, so so you'll make decisions in your story and then the cards will decide whether you. you achieve that result or not. And if not, if whatever the result, you are then tasked with explaining why it worked or why it didn't work right okay or how it worked and how it didn't work so it's still creative it's very much focused on the creativity and i'm sure like i said to dave after i played it i was like dave you'd love
1: this game he's like yeah i already have it <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, yeah the reason i love it is because it is essentially role-playing light you know it's like yeah. Uh, yeah. it's very much like a game that does rely on the players you're playing it with And i think i might have mentioned it on that podcast where it was like you know games that are made by the players um mm-hmm. because like all role playing games yes one player could just sit there and scream badger at the top of their voice <laughs> that that could happen um but equally you all kind of agree i guess when you sit down to play this game that you are the way i sell it is that you are kind of tv execs coming up with the next best show yeah. you know you're like hbo offices and like we've got this great idea for a show guys let's play it out <laughs> and then essentially you then come up with the characters that're going to be in this show and the crazy story so two current storylines we're running with my little friendship group that play untold is we have some sort of imagine new york cops but uh they're still greek gods that live in new york city and so like zeus is like the big mayor of the town you don't f with him and you've got like you know um oh um who's the under god the uh, the god of the hades Hades, yeah who lives down in the sewers and is like head of the uh you know the water (laughs) firms and all that sort of stuff um sanitation that's it um and so like we're embroiled in this kind of detective show where we're dealing with greek gods and what a beautiful thing that is you know and again it comes down to the sets of dice you use because rory's story cubes are all about different themes on the dice yeah you can choose okay well let's choose the fantasy dice and then we'll pick crime and maybe use some of these Batman dice i've got um and then a crazy story like unfolds because of that the other one is like a space junkers so we're like essentially like playing firefly in space but stealing loads of stuff and being space pirates and having a wonderful time with that too so you know it's really nice and really imaginative and i've seen and had a lot of good times with untold but that yeah it does come down to the people you play with i guess that's very
0: much very much like uh um, it's like a Marmite game. You're, yeah, I think definitely. you're either
2: gonna love it or you're just like, "What is this? Why are we doing this?" What is this nonsense? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think even somebody who isn't inter- well, somebody who isn't interested in role-playing games for a start isn't gonna play it because it's a role-playing game. It doesn't yeah. lie about that. But um, I don't think anybody who is wanting to play a role-playing game is gonna go, "Oh, that's a terrible idea." I don't know, Yes, maybe that's not true. Marmite, but your story sounds so much more conventional, like normal and fun and, and like actually makes sense and make me want to watch it than the one that I played, bless him. The guy was great and he was from Norway, I think, so he didn't really speak English as his first language, but we ended up doing some weird, weird stuff in my story just because I didn't, I, I don't think he quite understood <laughs> what we were trying to do. If you take the dice um, too
1: literally, yeah, then it starts to fall apart, yes. I find. Like yeah. you have to... <laughs> yes turn that's that exactly symbol into something that fits with your story to make it work i suppose that's the other difficult thing is especially if you're playing with the dice that come in the box which are very abstract yeah. you know it's like yeah. there's a beetle on one side <laughs> and a phone on the other you're like what like yeah. i'm giving a call to mr bug and you're like oh well i'm <laughs> fine but what oh um, god yeah oh, anyway um what other games uh, did you play then dave uh, I went in for some older games that I really wanted to catch up with, if that makes sense. So, some games I hadn't really got around to playing yet, um, and actually yep. purchased both of these. Uh, one was King Domino, which, my gosh, uh, yes. is oh, yes. a very crazy fun. good game. It's insanely good. I've actually um, played that, so that's exciting. You haven't? I have. It's very. You have? Oh, you have. Oh, yeah. nice. I have, um, yeah, but so I, you... I
0: actually prefer Queen Domino, even though I know a lot so, of So, yeah, people I'm say intrigued
1: by Queen Domino now. I haven't played it. I, I think played. the, the I, thing I've, I've heard, heard about Queen Domino is that yeah, it does add some extra complications, which is good if you're a slightly heavier gamer. But there's something about the simplicity, the beauty yeah. of King Domino that I cannot yeah. get enough. Like I have honestly played, it, I think, nearly every day since the expo, which is oh, yeah. I'm jealous. That. Yeah. No, it's um,
0: it is a it is a good game. I can see why it won the uh, the Spiel des Jahres. It did win, right? Yeah. 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 It did. But um, but no, Queen Domino. It's interesting because. It, it's a completely different game uh, a lot of people are kind of like oh I think this is better or this is better but they they're completely different they, it's almost like having two different games using a 52 uh, card deck they, they nice. might be based off the same thing but they're completely different the fact that you've got um, you've got different things you can focus on um, and you have different approaches I, yeah they're, they're both very good and they're, they're completely different so I re- do recommend you try Queen Domino as well
1: nice i'll give it i definitely give it a go for those who don't know king domino is like uh essentially imagine dominoes where you have two numbers on you know the different sides with this one though imagine terrain instead so you might have a field or a swamp or mountains or whatever um and you're kind of linking those together and your little five by five grid that you're going to be laying by the end of the game and then any kind of buildings on those are multipliers for the spaces you have so essentially it's a it's a scoring game, um, but it's all about you know space management and linking tiles together to get the best score you can. But there's an so, element of push yeah. your luck to it as well.
0: I feel there is because you don't Cause know what tile is going to be coming out, and, and also each... you know
1: where you place yourself on the tracks. Yeah,
0: yeah, like the different types of tiles. You'll have things like uh, forests or fields, and they're pretty common. Um, but then you've got uh, some other terrain types that are less common. But if you were to get a lot of them, you'll score a all lot the of mines. points. The uh, mines. Yeah, to mines. Oh. So because. Uh, where you go in the current round will dictate, um, uh, how do I explain it? When you pick a tile, Which turn if, if you are the first to go in this turn, um, then you'll get to pick the tile for the next round first. However, the tiles are laid in like ascending order in goodness, effectively. Yep. They've put numbers on the back that yeah. go ascending as how good the tiles go so if i go first this round brilliant now i'm going to pick the best tile from that for the next round however that means i'm now going to go last on the next time we pick a tile Ooh. um so there's Which that is- push your luck element because sometimes you're like well, i'm going to take this bad tile just so i can go first because i desperately need this particular tile to make this entire yeah. strategy i picked make sense um and so you're constantly trying to
2: chase a tile and it can work it cannot work uh, and that's, that's a genius I- mechanic yeah yeah me me and dave ended up playing it at the during the during the uh charity uh raffle <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, draw at the at the open gaming, Russell was and, quite uh, distracted. I was Bless. I was heavily distracted. I, it was the most frustrating part. Sounds about like that an wasn't excuse. The fact me. That it was it was happening. It was just that you could barely hear the numbers. So I'd rather have been anywhere else, either. So I couldn't hear the numbers, and I just <laughs> didn't care, or that I could actually hear the numbers, and I wouldn't have to. I was literally straining so much, and I still managed to win that game, which is yeah. a bit of a humble brag. Um, but it was so <laughs> much fun. Like uh, it was really good, really simple game. Um, to learn and uh, ended up really enjoying it
1: it's Um, a really good uh, couples game as well which is what I found about it like me and Vic have played it loads and loads and it's really good because it has lots of different ways to play it which is nice so in a two player game you usually only play with half of the tiles or you can play the 7x7 grid which is where you play with all the tiles which is so good Um, and a whole different game there's the Dynasty which is where you play with three different games and then add up your points for all of them so it's really nice that they've given you some options of how to play it to give it some longevity I also played it with my yeah. six and eight-year-old
0: nieces and they picked nice. it up so quickly. Um, yeah. And they would they would beat me. It's not one of these games where, yeah. oh, I'm going to smash them every time. They they would beat me as well. Um, so it's easy to learn. It's, really it's good enjoyable. It's, it's one of those games which is great to play with kids. Because, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, great, I've got to play games with kids. That means I'm either going to have to let them win or it's boring. But this game, even with kids, <laughs> you get to actually play
1: it as if you're playing against another adult. Yeah, no, it's really. i will be taking it to school, I'm sure, and a great maths lesson right there with King Domino. Yep. Your mul- Just keep, oh, your keep it on the back of the box
0: because it tells you the the probability distribution of the different types of tiles. Oh.
1: Yeah,
2: that's a good idea. Good, good tip. Good tip. <laughs> um, I also played um detective, the new Portal Ooh. Games crime solving game. Now I was really lucky to get to play this because um it was a closed uh closed in invite only kind of session. <gasps> Look at you. Um, in- in, in ignatius um hotel room <laughs> hello <laughs> very wow. yeah i know um but uh yeah so i got to i was invited uh to play it uh, really excited about this so um i was in the hotel which is next to birmingham airport um turned up with uh rory from board meetings and uh board game meeple um if you're listening mm. uh, and we we basically got taken up to Ignacy's room the game was kinda of set out, had a laptop on a desk, had a sofa area, had the like bits and pieces laid out on the bed, although there wasn't actually that much of a footprint uh, of the game. And uh yeah, and then he basically instead of a rule book, Ignacy kinda of gave us an overview of the game, um we we got stuck in sort of straight away and then as new bits popped up, Ignatius would then kind of tell us instead of us having to figure out the rule book. But essentially, this is a game, you are given a case, and the, the, the box will contain five cases, I believe, uh, which are played in sequence. And there is a deck of cards for each case that's numbered. There is a computer with a whole database, and as you kind of find out information, um, you can type it into the computer, and then it will save it to your case files which you can then reference later on um there is a uh what else there's a booklet which kind of gives you the overview of the case and it kind of gives you um an, a couple of events um and also your your goal for for this case which is to solve a certain mystery um but i must say obviously this game isn't complete so take everything with a bit of a pinch of salt and i'm going to be putting up a um Uh, A side written article to go into a bit more detail but it's a good game it's very good Um, it takes the kind of dynamic of Sherlock Holmes consulting detective uh, of being introduced to a case and then you have having to follow your own leads to find out the information Um, but it adds more game mechanics Uh, the main one being that there is a time limit you have certain amount of hours in the day and in each like lead you follow um, there's the tra- usually a travel involved So you have to travel to a new location and that always takes like an hour But then when you get to this location and you actually do the lead the lead might take up to a few hours So it might take up to three hours And so there's a risk element of that when you want to follow a new lead and you have to kind of anticipate Well, is that gonna take long? I mean you never really know because it's probably a bit random as well But whenever you follow a lead it's gonna eat up a chunk of your day And so you have to only follow the leads that you think are the most important and um, and if you go past five o'clock which is when the end of the work day is then you will accumulate these stress tokens and they equal negative points at the end of the campaign and and it is ultimately about getting a score and like sherlock holmes um there is a sort of quiz at the end where you have to try and answer the questions correctly but in this one they've done it in a clever way um because you are given a multiple choice answers but there are certainly um more than one answer that seems like it could be real unless you may have followed like the right leads and so um that's how you sort of determine your score and also um with that quiz at the end um which essentially determines how well you've done in the in the case uh you might get you might choose to answer not really sure and score zero points because if you choose something that you think is plausible but is actually wrong then you lose points so sometimes it's better to go well actually i'm not 100 percent sure about that and uh yeah so anyway just trying to give you a sense of this game i'm sure you can ask questions about it uh but in each sort of day so you'll discuss what happens um You'll be like, okay, so we want to follow this lead. We kind of have an idea about this. Let's follow this lead. And then you'll get given uh, like a new card. Uh, That card will sometimes have um, items on them, which you can then, um, you can test, which by putting numbers into the computer, and that will bring up some information about the evidence. It might be like fingerprint scanning. Um, There might be just sort of a chat with somebody, um, which gives you the information on the card itself. Uh, It might be um it might be oh the, the somebody else they might refer you something else which case gives you another card number if you choose to follow it um and so that's basically how it works it's mostly through this deck and using this computer but there's some really cool mechanics in it i really like the fact that each character has a special skill which isn't used that much but because of these skill tokens you have a bunch of skill tokens representing different skills there's one for computing um there's one for like interrogation and on some of these cards it gives you the option to spend those skill tokens to sort of press further i think they call it dig deeper in the game so for example you've interviewed this person and you're like oh well um he doesn't he seems like legit or maybe he's holding something back so you can use your interrogate skill token spend it and turn over the card and that will either give you information or kind of say well it's a dead end you know, yeah. he, he he really did tell you everything he had to know. Um, or, for example, the computing, you might go, do, do you want to just thoroughly check that you've got the right evidence? Um, and you're kind of questioning yourself because obviously uh, you only have a limited supply of these tokens. And if you spend them too early on a lead that didn't actually pan out to be anything, you kind of feel like you've wasted it. And obviously every lead in this, in this game is very, you know, you have to make it count because it's going to take up some of your time. Um, and it, and so, yeah, there's that. And then what I also liked is how the computer slash app integrated with the game, um, particularly where it comes to evidence. So we were looked up as I, I'll use a previous thing because I don't want to spoil stuff. But let's say the fingerprints um, you have what are like ID codes. And if you type them in, it will bring up whether the whether the fingerprint was a match. And then it will also tell you if it referenced any if it matches anybody you've actually um, met in the case so far. So you might be like oh well it doesn't come up with a match now and then later on you will you'll find somebody and you'll you'll look up their file and suddenly bing you've matched with this uh, fingerprint you found earlier on and it's like oh so cool and it gives you a bit more information um as to what actually happened in this case uh that was cool and it also sometimes you'll interrogate somebody um you'll bring a, a suspect in or you'll go to see a suspect for questioning and it's too much information to fit on the card um because, you, oh no, this sorry, this is only for when you bring them in, because uh, it'll give you a transcript. So it gives you an ID number, you type it in, and then you'll bring up a transcript of what happens. And doing that transcript, it will tell you the, the stress level during certain moments, so you can kind of get a feel for whether the person might be lying or is hiding something. Um, there's all these really cool mechanics that make it feel really more invested. You're more invested in it. And also, because you have more actual stuff, I feel like unlike um, Sherlock Holmes where it's just a lot of writing down things um, and kind of just using your brain. This one has a bit more of a you actually feel like a modern day detective looking up stuff and uh, kind of thinking, oh, should we press this witness further? Which you don't have that option in, yeah. in the other game. I, I just like there's a board game promoting a healthy work life balance. It's quite cool. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so Do you, does the game you... work without a laptop? Um, I think you. I think there'll be an app. I think there'll be an app. Okay, but it, w- it will sure. require technology. Yes, okay. it will. Yeah, which obviously is uh, uh, the, the the way I think about it is. Uh, oh yeah, there's a, there's another whole aspect of the game which I didn't go into, but it didn't feel like as it didn't feel like as important when I person when we our group played it, and that is the fact that sometimes you'll reference a location or. Um, a historical event on the card or in the computer, which has a little symbol on it, a wifi symbol that indicates that you need to look up that in real life. So whether it's using Wikipedia oh, right. or just looking up on the internet, having to look up something. Okay. Now I'm sure it plays a bigger part than we experienced. I'm sure it does, but it didn't come up that much in our, in our, in our game. Oh, yeah, Cause um, it could be a bit too much to
0: first ask people to have uh, a device And an internet
2: connection. Um, Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I mean, I guess so. I just don't... I think personally, it's not lying about what it is. It's not trying to say that it's, you know, a classic board game. It is a modern board game. It even says modern crime-solving game in the title, I believe. And so, you know, because of the fact that you can just use it on your phones and you can use it on a pc or a tablet whatever um and it's not like uh and also be, it, i don't know it ju- it actually adds to the the theme of the game because it does it's built to be uh, resembling a police computer yeah, so yeah. It, and and i'm talking about a com- police computer that you'll find in any sort of you know modern cop show where it's all glitz and glam and it probably doesn't look like that in real life. Yeah, it's probably yeah, you know, a DOS kind of system yeah. in the real police station. But it does feel like it does feel like it fits within the theme. Yeah. Oh, let's look up the evidence. Ooh, I wanna pull up this criminal's file. And you pull it up and you've got like picture of of the person and like their date of birth. Yeah, sounds, any distinguishing features. Cool. Yeah, is it's a really good game. I I also one other aspect of it is um that it kind of has a uh Like a narrative, an ongoing narrative, because what happened in our game is we came across stuff um, that we didn't actually get to look at. Now it simply said, take this card and place it in the envelope for, um well actually I think, I don't know if this is going to be in the final thing, but it has these like sealed plastic um, like envelope uh, wallets uh clear plastic wallets that look like evidence bags. Uh, that's cool. And I think that yeah, so you uh, it will be like I'll oh, put this in the case two uh envelope and so you only get to find out what you've actually uncovered later on. Ooh, yeah. Um and it does feel like the cases may have uh lead-ins to each other. It may not just be five uh isolated cases ah, cool. that it may may have a grander story at play, but I'm not sure about that. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure I'd like sounds... give it a go. I
1: just, yeah, I'm intrigued to see if it's another detective game, and like, yeah. I've been burnt too many times before <laughs> by uh, detective games, so uh, it's those leaps of logic sometimes you need to make. Did this one feel like everything was reasonable in how it's connected?
2: Yeah. I feel like there was a logical reason to, to follow leads. I feel like th- what Ignacy told us when we'd finished is that even though you know we'd played Case One and we had made some good theory, but uh, we didn't actually, ha- our score didn't reflect that. We were we were doing well with the theory of stuff and putting this together, yeah. but we didn't actually score that well. But I'm not going to go into that. Um, <laughs> so uh, he said that because the deck of cards that you get in each case is more than you could ever actually go and investigate, um, probably get to about to a third or halfway through the cards, I mm. think maybe, maybe more like a third that you can replay the case. And he actually suggested that we, our group, do replay the case um, when we do it because there'll be different leads that you can follow. It's never going to tell you, oh, this is this is what happened. Yeah, you yeah. do still have to make that, like, logical deductions, but sometimes you'll find evidence that kind of confirms a theory, but only if you know what the theory is. I'd really like so to, say, really like a to see,
1: like, a YouTube video of some actual detectives playing some of these detective <laughs> games. You know?
2: That would be fun. And That'd in be fact, good. if we knew detectives, that would be a great right, time to network. For... If there's any detectives yeah. listening to this show, please get in touch. And I'd we love will, uh... to... Yeah, I'd love for if any ex-detectives as well who are just looking <laughs> for something to fill up their time with. Like, that would be really cool. I feel like that game falls into this very,
0: very particular hole, which is a game that I can't see myself buying. Mm. um however i really want to play it but it can't be played in a board game cafe the other game that jumps out that falls into that group is gloomhaven is a game you
2: could play that you could play it in a cafe it's resettable
0: no but is in uh in a board game cafe is it really going to work having
2: an app or a computer there and is that yeah i reckon you can just i i I don't know this is something i probably should find out but i think you can just use it on your phone I think there's like a website that you can just go into and I'm sure you'd be able to use it on your phone. I'd think okay. it be very um, ill-advised not to have that option. Um, but yeah, you, I think you could play it in a cafe. Anyway, let's um, let's move on because we've got the Giggle to come up and we've still got quite a few games. So I, I think, can we maybe quickly talk about other, any other games that sort of were highlights for, for us?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to speed through these last two that I've got. Yeah. Um, so one I picked up, uh, which is an old game, but has been... Sort of re... What do you call it when it's been remade? Re- remade. Yeah? Is that <laughs> it's right? A new edition? No.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a game that I've been looking at for
1: a long time. It's got a new edition from Osprey Games and that's High Society by Rainer Kunitzia, whose name is on everything it seems at this expo. Um, but yeah. uh, it was really nice. It's kind of like for sale. It's a bit of a kind of a bidding game. We had a little go. Didn't get to finish it but we had a little go at the expo. And it just is a nice kind of portable bidding game which is kind of what i was looking for the art in it is gorgeous it's very art deco um so it's pretty stunning when it hits the table and so i'm looking forward to giving that one a little bit more of a go now i own it and the final and the main one that um was generating a lot of buzz um as again by hub games the same people who made untold uh, is holding on the troubled life of billy kerr this game is weird that sounds depressing as all hell i heard about that one yeah it's (laughs) very strange um yeah, I played it with the two people from Meeple Like Us, you know, the Excel- accessibility board game reviews and those sort of things. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's interesting to kind of just earwig on their comments throughout the game too. Um, but yeah, the idea is there's this guy called Billy Kerr. He's in the hospital. He's like NHS, it's all falling apart. Um, you're very like stressed nurses basically is who you kind of play. And you're trying to essentially through palliative care get to know Billy Kerr. And his life and um, you win, like I guess, the game by finding out a bit more about him. That's the idea. The mechanics How, of the many,
0: game how many trigger warnings
1: does this game come with? <laughs> it should it should. That's this that this is the issue and I think, you know, a lot of things I was hearing about it were that it's a difficult topic, obviously, and they I think they do present it as well as they could in some areas, but palliative care is obviously quite a wide open and interesting important sort of approach to medicine Um, and then turning that into a mechanic in a board game which is very much just a mechanic you know it's like you put your meeple here you get paleo care and you're like well that's not really how paleo care works you know (laughs) Um, so it doesn't really reflect the idea of paleo care so you know you're meant to be like talking and having conversations with him and I talked a little bit to Russell about this the other day wouldn't it be more interesting if you kind of got little seeds of what Billy's interested in or um, from the memories he has you can then access more cards that you wouldn't otherwise be able to or you know you're given two choices and from the already things you know you'd say okay I want to talk to Billy about I don't know his favourite food is fish and chips not bolognese and see if I know that piece of information I can access the correct card and not the incorrect card because I actually listened to Billy does that make sense yeah
2: um, because we did I didn't actually end up talking to you about the mechanics of the game I know it's, we're kind of bree- breezing through this but what are the actual like how does the game actually play and how do you find out more about him so
1: it's essentially it's through picture cards is the idea so you okay. will have some palliative care what that means is you get to shuffle through a deck and draw some cards with some hazy pictures on them those then go into a, like a a stack that on the table so you can all see which hazy pictures you've got and then there's like a press those memories i suppose by getting full image cards and the person who's managed to draw those then tries to match those with your hazy pictures and if you ever get like you know full images and a set of those then you've won the game and i'm like it's... what it sounds after the, after so the strange. game russell just talked about it sounds like this is deathbed detective it's a bit yeah and the other people were saying that you know so you're trying to get this information from billy Cohen and it does feel a bit sometimes like it's just like waterboarding him would be easier you know like <laughs> we just oh my we're god we like because he was literally you know he has a health track essentially of the care you've given him and he was down to his last two health points but we we didn't care you know like we were just like push him harder find out tell us billy tell us where you put the bomb <laughs> um oh, no. yeah. and uh you think... it was really weird i don't know i don't this... know
0: to me this game kind of challenges oh one of the fundamentals of gaming for me which is escapism and that often I will play a game where you get to be a pirate or you get to be a space trucker or something because yeah. these are things you can't do and you're escaping yeah. life and all the crap you have to deal with from day to day and you're escaping that and having an adventure and this game
1: is just throwing you straight back into it like you say I don't I've never wanted to be a nurse because it sounds like a horrible job to have you know and this game i guess reflects that quite well but equally if being a nurse means you lose all care for your patients because you've got a counter objective then i don't know if that's really what we're going for with the nhs is that why it's falling apart is this the answer i don't know anymore Wow,
2: we got political in
1: it this really podcast. did, it really did. But I think there is some uh, There is some very interesting things being brought to the table by this game. Uh, there, it is like a legacy in the sense that... Well, not legacy, it's resettable. What do you call that? A fables <laughs> game in the sense that you play through like 10 kind of missions to find out more about his life. There's, and yet the, the picture oh, the cards always guy. stay the what? same. There's 10 patients? Yeah. No, it's the same wow. guy as well, which is weird. This poor They're guy. All They're all
0: called Billy Cat. They're all called Billy Cat. Oh, it's better than right, being called um, Wayne Kerr, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, moving on. Uh, just a couple of games I played. Uh, the ones the most intriguing to me. I had uh, this game called The Librarian's Almanac. Now, it's not necessarily a game as much as it's sort of a puzzle book. But it's a puzzle book that definitely is better for expos. Essentially, um, it's a black and white book. Inside, um, there are various puzzles, but it involves like tearing out pages of this book. So one um, that I kind of stumbled upon a group um, of people I know from the, the convention Bastion based in North Wales, which we'd love to go to mm. next time, actually. Do it. Um, but they were playing it. Uh, it's it, They had a whole bunch of like pictorial images and symbols on on the table laid out in a giant square, talking about, you know, uh, about a couple of meters squared, uh, huge. And um, they, they basically were trying to put them all together so that the symbols that were next to each other geographically on the next page to them formed some sort of phrase or or saying um so you might have like a pipe a smoking pipe and then next to it um a sleeping person and obviously that would be like pipe dream for something something um and so you have to but then you wouldn't know you wouldn't necessarily know which one's the right one because you could potentially match up lots of different pictures with other pictures that make sense but then later down the line you're like actually no that doesn't make that doesn't fit with others so you would to move it around and it's all about creating this giant sort of a grid of squares uh, of of paper and then once you've done that the the oh, well i'm not going to give it away but ultimately it was a very much a group-based convention kind of ideal game um which was really fun and i'd love to check it out uh, at some point then uh, I also played through a game that isn't new, but it uh, was very intriguing. We ended up playing it twice. Um, I didn't want to play it twice. It just worked out that way. But <laughs> it's called Photosynthesis, uh, the game oh. of placing trees onto a kind of kind of hexagonal grid uh, with the sun moving around it, and the sun provides light, uh-huh. um, which which is what you use to spend to grow new trees and grow your current trees and uh, and such. But the... At the point of it is that you are trying to kind of gain benefits for yourself while screwing over your friends. For example, you can build a taller tree next to somebody, meaning that they don't get light from it because you're causing them to be in the shadow. Same um me. And there's a kind of fiddly, annoying bit of it where um, you can build a tree that is as tall as somebody else's and and... That So, like, like let's say there's three trees in a line. The first one gets the light because it's right in the way of the sunlight. That causes a shadow onto the second tree, which doesn't get a light, right? So, you don't score for it. But then that second tree, even though it's not getting enough light, will also cast a shadow on the third tree, which also doesn't get any light. It's just kind of fiddly Mm. working out. But it was good. It was very brutal, though. For a game about planting trees,
0: (laughs) it's so brutal. I didn't actually enjoy that game. It came out at a similar time... As Azul. And they're similar, essentially abstract strategy games. Um, I uh, I had a lot of problems with it. I had problems with the rule book. Um, now, I did play like a first printing, so maybe they fixed some of the issues. There were yeah. It was one of these games where you had to look up FAQs and stuff because there were some things they just didn't explain. It also mm-hmm. has um, the lanterns style scoring, which is where you can do the exact same thing as me but if you do it first, you get more points. And then also you score the most points by being in the middle. But what you can do is you can race, plant a tree in the middle, and then just leave it there for the whole game.
2: That's what I did. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and exactly that's exactly
0: what I did. That's exact and, and again, it's just like, there's, there's, for me, there were a few too many flaws in that game. Um, and it just, I was all very excited for it and it, it let me down,
2: but it might've just been this cause I went into it too excited and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I played it twice. So I wouldn't have played it if I really didn't like it. But I just the, the brutalness of it yeah. surprised me. Um, and also, I really didn't like the way that, uh, that the people were ganging up, essentially, yeah. to stop me. Which are understandable, right? Yeah, but yeah. for some reason, in that game, it felt really harsh. Because I think if you really ganged up on somebody, which you can't completely do. There's always a way you can get light and stuff. But it really did feel worse than yeah. when get people gang up you know because i think your options are so limited when people are actively trying to stop you in this game um but anyway um uh, moving on to the final game before the before the giggle and uh, it's a game that you'll definitely want to know about and it's called paras and do you know who it's by oh it's oh by... oh alexander fister no oh. it's a game that you you will want to know about you've you love his other games we've met him Oh we, we did a podcast with him. It's Gavin Burnbaum. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So this is a brand new game by Gavin Burnbaum. It's called Paras. Um It's a grid of five by five uh, on, on this board on his classic wooden boards. Uh-huh. you know the ones. Um, and each sort of square is a region. It's kind of slightly indented, that makes that's important, because what happened? Everyone starts off on a corner of the board. They've got about 25 little wooden cubes and you're trying to take control of territories. So yes, these cube these squares are essentially territories on a world map or what I liked about it is that he's done various additions. The first one he said Oh I just literally randomly put countries on there they don't make geographical sense like you've got canada next to russia for example but then later editions he's done ones based on london and Uh he did actually geographically kind of more accurate world ones um so essentially each each person territory you're trying to control a certain number of territories based on the number of people playing and how on your turn you have three options you can either uh, move a cube into an adjacent space very simple and you can do a maneuver action like in risk so you can move one cube from one spot through your own territories to land in another territory that you own the second thing you can do is use dice to paratroop some some stuff in so you take two dice and you basically just drop them on the board wherever they land as long as they land inside a square not on the little ridges that between the squares that's uh, that doesn't count Uh, and then wherever they land you add a a cube of yours there so you've paratrooped them in. But if you land somewhere where somebody else is, then the number of that dice is important. Classic Gavin. Everything matters. Yeah. It's really good. Um, so if, for example, you land there with a six, that's a really advanced um, you know, paratrooper, like a veteran. And uh, basically then the, the defending player has to roll a dice for each of their um, cubes that are there. And if they roll... Uh, Higher than yours Then you are defeated If they don't Then theirs is defeated Essentially Uh. Um, And and the more territories You control Then you can add Another dice You can roll three But the funny thing is That that also has the um, Ability to knock Pieces off the board Or into other territories And that counts Nice So you can like Literally like Blast an area Trying to smash cubes out Which Gavin so expertly did when we were playing nice. um, and then the third thing which i think is the best but didn't get used that much in my my game is the ground assault move so this is where you move cubes a bunch of cubes from one space into another space where there's another player present now he did tell me that he did he'd actually seen this mechanic used in another game um and he loved the mechanic so much that he reached out to the designer asked him if he could borrow it for the game and the designer said yeah sure So he actually like linked up with somebody because he really respected the fact that it was a really good mechanic. And how it works is you move a number of, you basically say right I'm going to move up to five, because you've got five cubes, you're going to move up to five cubes, so secretly you now will select a number on a dice, okay? And you will, you're going to, if you succeed you're going to move that number of units into that territory taking over from your opponent. But each op- if there's an opponent in that space, then that, uh, they get that, however many units they have in the defending territories, how many guesses they have to guess the number on your dice. So say it's five versus three. Five is the number, uh, one, two, three, four, five is the number the attacker can pick in secret, and three is the number of guesses that the defender has to guess that number. If they're correct, sorry, if they're incorrect... On a guess they lose a unit so every wrong guess loses you a unit However, if you get it right then that player the attacker loses that number of units from their attack and the and the um, the attack doesn't go ahead so it's kind of got this bluffing mechanic to it Um, You have to try and guess what your opponent is actually going to to guess obviously the higher the number the more beneficial to the to the player attacking because they'll move more units in but maybe they'll think that you think that so they'll pick a really no number but then they won't get so much benefit from it so it's a kind of this clever um, you know trying to guess what your opponent has guessed uh, has has put um, and it's just unexpected in, in that game but it, it was really fun it was really good that sounds awesome if it's Gavin Burnbaum, it's going to be amazing yeah yeah it's just the fact that it mixes these different elements together um, especially the dice landing. I think that's the one that you want to use most because yeah. you can, like, yeah. spread across the board. You can just jump across the board if you do it that's right. That's cool. Um, it's just really cool. All right. So we time for the giggle, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's giggle time. How this is going to work is it's the fake game game. You know this from before, uh, but we're doing it slightly different. This time, Ben is the only one who hasn't actually been to the UK Games Expo. So me and Dave are go- both going to give Ben... Um, a Game each now one of those is going to be real and one of them is going to be fake if the fake person manages to fool Ben and Ben picks that person's game that person gets a point and uh, we're gonna do six so could be a tie might be a winner who knows We'll find out <laughs> Enjoy. Um, So the first one let me just uh, refer back to my uh, my cool games list here uh, Okay, so uh, this is this is the first round uh, who wants who do you want to go first uh, ben dave who please. do you want to hear from first
1: all right all right this game is called off the rails it's uh a goblin game there are quite a lot of goblin games this year uh, and in this there's like a big mine and you are like playing one of the little goblin crews in your mine carts running around trying to get diamonds and you can kind of um buy bits of rail track to give you the best routes but you can also shunt into other goblins in their little carts and try and knock them into the chasm and the chasm slowly grows throughout the game until it engulfs the entire mine and then whoever has the most points is the winner off the rails
2: so want to hear from mine oh yes Or do you, do you want to make a guess based <laughs> on that you can ask
1: questions you know i
0: want to i want to hear i want to hear russell's first
2: okay so the game that i saw was called love Inc. so uh, ink as in incorporated yeah and it, essentially, you're a little army of Cupid. You're a little ar- you each a little army of Cupid's. And your goal is... You've got these islands on the board. And your goal is to go around and, and convert... Well, make the most people fall in love. And you'll do that by... Um, and this is the clever bit. You get to choose how many action points each other player gets. So you're choosing how to do it. And then if you don't... Get any action points yourself. Depending on how generous you were with yours, you get to um, you get to do a sort of like a god action where you can affect the map. Right. And ultimately, it's like it's really cute style. It looked a bit like um, you know, uh, fairly odd parents that kind of style. So it's very twee and like kind of qu- like quirky, oh. um, very animated kind of style. Oh dear,
0: oh dear, they're both the thing is, so Love Inc. sounds real because usually when there's a successful theme, people just instantly, everyone does that theme. And Fog of Love was, uh, you know, it's kind of right timing. They did Fog of Love. People liked it. So now let's do games about love.
2: Some people liked it. Yes. No, lots of people liked it. Yeah.
0: Um, but then goblins, it's true. There are so many games about goblins, and it's goblins in mines. And after uh, uh, Clank, it's again about people going into the mines and underground. And ah, uh, um, I think the real game is Love Inc.
2: Wrong. <laughs> oh. Well that, done. Was game, that was actually a game. That's actually a game that um, that I came up with. <laughs> well done. That's a point
0: cool. for you, Russell.
2: Should yeah, make that game I'm on the board. I will make that. Game. <laughs> it was
0: so you. Were, it was because you were so specific with the descriptions of the art style and stuff. Um,
2: <laughs> it's just all in my head, mate. Well, nice. I'm I'm That's how I live.
0: I'm attuned to your trickery now. All
2: oh. right, all right then.
0: Round two. Okay, one point to Russell. Who would you like all to right, go first, so Ben? Russell this time.
1: Oh, makes up.
2: So this game is called Sneaky Sneaks. Uh, which is, <laughs> which I laughed when I heard it too, um, but basically you laughed when you made it up. Yeah, well done. Yeah, when I made it up. Yeah. Uh, so this game that I made up, um, basically you are you are ninjas. Which I, to be honest, I was surprised because I thought ninjas are so over now. But you basically have a, a a grid of cards on the table. So you've got like a like a six by six grid or something, and basically each of them is a building in this town. Um, like a ninja town or whatever Uh, and then basically you have to place little ninja tokens at the beginning of the game each of you have to place these little ninja tokens under some of the buildings Um, and then one player basically their job is to basically find all of the ninjas Uh, they've got these cards that they can use Um, you know there's a game called uh, I can't remember it's the game where you're it's a similar concept like where you're hiding ghosts in a in a house um, and you can only find out where the the, go- the ghosts oh, are yes. by... I can't remember what it's called, but we I can't remember it what it's called either. The board yeah, game yeah, cafe, yeah. the Phantom Society. That's so it kind of feels like it's a rip-off of the Phantom Society, because you can find out where some ninjas are based on where um, you revealed so far, but underneath some of the cards there are some like traps as well. So you might want to try and okay. make somebody <sighs> think that they're under uh, a building, but that's actually a trap. Um, sounds and like the name is better than the game The name is great The name is great <laughs> Regardless of whether it's real or not It's,
1: it's great Okay <laughs> uh, Dave My game is You've Got Crabs <laughs> Which is, uh, is as The game is as good as it sounds uh-huh. So um, Essentially it's just like a bunch of cards Thrown out on a table And you're trying to complete sets of crabs And you are playing with a partner, and then you have to alert your partner sneakily to the fact that you have the set of four crabs, the same crab. And then if they obviously shout, you've got crabs, then your team gets a point. (laughs) But if someone else spots you, sneakily trying to tell your opponent that you have crabs, they can shout, you've got crabs, and then their team gets a point. So, it's a shit game, but it is a real game. (laughs) Uh, So he says. The thing is,
0: there's a game... Called Krebs, I think, which is very is it sounds it called, very You've similar.
1: No, it's just I it's think like you can a, play this game with a deck of cards. Like, oh, sure. Yeah, I think I mean, it's an, just an old. There's an old forced,
0: game with a deck of cards, and it sounds similar. But the thing is, has someone else done that, or have you done that, Dave? That's the question. That is, that is the question. Big question. That's the whole game. <laughs> That's
1: the whole game right there. do you Want me to tell you about the art style? And uh, what
0: is it? Well, it's it's either going to be. It to me, it's the art style is either going to be like Cars Against Humanity and really minimalist, or it's going to be like exploding kittens, and it's going to be like uh, what are those guys called? Those guys.
1: What? I I think the Crab Game is the real game. Correct. It is exactly by exploding kittens. Well done. You called it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Another terrible game by terrible people. Um. <laughs> so, so that nice. that means that Dave
0: wins the point. Is that right? Because no, th- no,
2: I don't think you win a point if you guess the right one. Uh, cause yes. Cause all your, you did your was fake one tell you enough. a thing. You don't get a point for telling you a thing. That really I want exists. a point. Damn yeah, it. Dave gets a point. Thank no, you. Yeah. That's not fair. That's not fair. Round your fake three. game Let's just go. wasn't good enough. And he picked a
1: game called You've Got Crabs. I know, right? And I you... you a chance there, Russell, you I know. it. <laughs> I know, which I'm shocked about. What's going right, on? Right, round three was on the i'm gonna prelude it with it was on the playtest stand so take from that what you will um so it's, it's called coffee coffee oh no um, really i another one not um, not
2: Kavefe. like Kavefe.
1: The... yeah exactly i don't know how to say it it's like but... the donald trump word right it is basically it's a <laughs> game based around that concept of essentially either there are cards with stupid fucking words on them um or you have like a tweet card and then you are all like political candidates and the rest of the people are the voters yeah. and you must then have oh, like a minute it a, timer to it's use that word either so many times or explain your tweet basically and then the people vote it up or down okay. and that's the game russell
2: <laughs> you the the way that you the tone of your voice at the end there was like and that's the game i, I was expecting more I, okay um so the game that I uh, saw was called Bar Pigs. Bar Pigs. Um and essentially you're your pigs um you're at a bar and you're trying to just get drunk, right? <laughs> and that that's pretty much the game. Um it it's a card game. Um it, it has kind of like this nice look. Uh kind of like a like a what's the word I'm looking for? Like um it, it has a kind of nice vibe. The artwork is kind of semi-realistic. In the sense that they've they've kind of made these pigs look like human um, and it's kind of I didn't I didn't actually play it which is the annoying thing so I can't tell you much about the gameplay but it's it felt like a take that game you have these like item cards and um, what I thought was really cool was the way that they um, utilized the kind of cool and annoying how do they utilize the the, the points is you have a bar tab and uh you you basically slide your character up and down this uh-huh. other card which tells you how many kind of um drinks you've had and i think that also indicates the level of the player as well yeah um, okay that's it like you get to get cards get to play them on each other you have these uh these these characters like the the that are all like kind of uh alcohol pun themed so like the um the the You know, and the oh yeah, the um the pin the princess, (laughs) the barbarian.
0: (laughs) Oh, you've you've thrown me here, Russell, because I was going to say that Dave's was fake, but now I don't know because I would I can't help but think that the puns would be better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that you may have just come up with them.
2: All right, well, maybe maybe you try and think of some great <laughs> beer fantasy-themed puns and then see how hard it is. These but, guys spent ages on this game, damn it. But, but shouldn't they be pig puns as well? Like... Yeah, but maybe be... they were like, it's going to be one or the other, and they just went with one. <laughs> the thing is, though, what I'm confused by
0: is that the You said you would played at uh, Playtest, Dave, is that right? The Playtest stand, yeah. Because their quality of games at Playtest UK are really good. Mm. Always. And so I'm going to say that yours is fake, Dave, because I don't believe someone from Playtest UK is going to do a game that's so pandering to pop culture.
1: And you are correct. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well good. Done. Although their so Playtest those- was much larger this year and... Um, I wouldn't say that was entirely true. That uh, all the games were quite of a standard. Right. Um, okay. But, you um, know, everyone's making a game these days. I apologise, Russell, for
0: the puns. They they were the ones that they picked. Apparently.
2: No, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um,
0: uh, oh, so hang on. So I, I was correct. So Russell wins a point because that did not fool me.
2: Yeah, I win a point. Right. Well that done. Yeah, boy. Well yeah. done, Russell. All right. Well, get more uh, excited. <laughs> so the next. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, who do you want to go next? Um. I you, Russell. All right. So this is not necessarily a game. Well, it is a game, but it it, it didn't feel like a game, and it's called Ilamat, and it's uh-huh. um it's a game by the band the decemberists oh wow okay um and to me it just looked like a fancy set of cards again didn't play the game but apparently this band um <laughs> this band basically made this game um, and this was at the uk games expo yeah a okay. band called the decemberists made this game called illa which is a mat a roll-up mat with a fancy sort of set of lovely looking playing cards but i don't know anything about the game i'm afraid just there we go <laughs> nice okay
1: that's he's done is he yeah, yeah. that's it all right <laughs> that's great all I uh this game is called starship passengers and it's um uh-huh. eight bit style art and essentially you're building like a space cruise ship and it has little um tiles you're building up as you go through with different symbols and then passengers will be dealt out and they're looking for certain things on there. obviously lovely space cruise so some might uh, enjoy I guess stop off destinations so you'd have like viewpoints and then you'd have you know some are coming for the cuisine so food points and essentially you're building up your space cruise ship to attract the passengers on board it's got a very 8-bitty style art it's pretty cute um, and then at the end of the cruise it's the person who has the most passengers on board for the score of the most points
0: the thing is to me that sounds legit that sounds like a perfectly normal game, Dave. But if Russell came up with a fake game as obscure as the Decemberists <laughs> releasing a deck of cards and calling it Illimat, then I think Russell may have had a stroke. So, I have to say <laughs> that Russell's is the real game.
2: Correct. <laughs> Correct. It is, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a that's... losing battle there. I, I mean, can't... what was the. A... I know it's kind of funny because there what is meant such to a strange there? game, a like, concept, but apparently um, they they had a game in um, in a video they made way back when. Like um, they didn't, it wasn't actually a real game then. They just had a fancy sort of set of cards and it looked like they were playing a game and then they had this idea to actually create a real game out of it. And so they actually had uh, a stand, not the Decembrists, so they weren't there. I mean, they could have been, I wouldn't know them. Do you know what they look like? <laughs> me neither. No. So they could have been there, but um, they, 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 their stand actually had quite a few people come to it. It was really beautiful, but I don't know, It just didn't really appeal to me. And the and the name so strange. Illumat, so that's uh, another word. Another point for Russell is at three one. Yeah. So, so, so up now Dave.
0: Both of these, Dave. I'm sorry, oh, Dave, because yours. It, oh, I know. The thing is, your fake game good was too good. <sighs> That I picked Russell's because I don't think
1: anyone is that is, is insane to make that up. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I know. I, as soon as he said it, I was like, well, this one's done, isn't it? It's <laughs> say If you did it
0: on the fly, you said, well, sure, Marilyn I just, Manson was there. I just thought right? play right. He it spits out.
1: blood on each card and then he smushed <laughs> it together. <laughs> yeah. All right. Might as well have. Right. Round five. Let's move on. Christ. Um, uh, goblin Picnic. <laughs> go wrong essentially cards come out you're going you're goblins at a picnic there's a picnic basket deck you draw cards from the picnic basket deck and uh, you gather the food before the adventure party returns to their picnic and it's how long you stay at the picnic to get as much food as you want um, before the members of this adventure party return it's a push yeah essentially you're pushing your luck until uh, the party okay. come back and how much grub you can grab
0: okay and it's called goblin picnic
1: goblin picnic
0: so it's goblins in it. They should have called. Oh, you it... you are the
2: goblins,
1: yeah. And you have and they...
2: gobbling up food. Yeah, exactly. There's no goblin
1: gobbling pun in this. Oh, there's, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of puns in the uh, maybe... rule book, but they just went with. The thing is, I remember previously when we played this game,
0: you knew when I came up with a game because there was always a pun in the name. So maybe you've avoided
1: that on purpose this time. Blunatics burnt me hard.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> What game?
0: The Lunatics. That's right.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Great, great, great. Great game. Yeah. Um, still yet to be made.
0: Us, it's
1: over
2: to you. I'm All giving right. up. Go on. All right. Um, so it's called War of the Buttons. Um, and essentially, it's set in the olden days. And you're basically kids <laughs> in a schoolyard and, like, countryside... And you're, you're 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 trying to like kind of not fight each other, but yeah, you're fighting each other, and, the, and that's why it's called War of the Buttons. And like you you're like you're taking buttons from each other. That sounds that sounds awful,ly <laughs> like, in, like cr- crazy. Um, yeah, That sounds in 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 accidentally sexual. Um, no, but you're, you're and then the idea is that you are it's a dice game, so you're like throwing dice, and then. Like you can you can collect these tokens which are like Big Brother tokens, and they they're like you can, that's like when you bring your Big Brother along, and uh, he, he like you know beats up the the kid for you, and um, yeah it's all very twee and uh, very very nice. Uh, okay, I think Dave's is real. It's fake.
1: Oh. Can you believe?
2: War of the Buttons is a real game, and it's amazing. I, d- I purposely didn't bring it up earlier yeah. on in the discussion because I was going to use it as a thing, because it sounds fake, but it's not. Yeah, well, it's good. You won. You won. Whoa, I'm won a point. I feel like Russell point. It's true, it, Russell, yeah, that it. works against you, because it sounds fake. I picked, <laughs> I picked Yeah, that's, But that's the whole... I think the, I only tried to pick games that <laughs> sounded fake anyway, so they're uh, all, all technically still winning, sound fake to I me. Mean, like are picks, yeah. yeah. We've got one more to go, I think. Oh, we, or it could
1: be even Stevens.
2: Are we down to the last one then?
1: We are! That's it. Yeah? Russell, you can start us off going.
2: Alright. It's called Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dexterity game, but it basically, um, so there's like a, you know, like a carton, you know, like those egg uh-huh. cartons. So it's yeah. like a giant one of those and it's just full of eggs. Uh, and it ultimately, um, it's just about trying to carry them, but you're not allowed to use your hands. <laughs> uh, you get, you know, like um, you know, like uh, Yogi. No. Okay, so Yogi <laughs> is is in a bind. In a bind. It's in yeah. a bind. Right. So it's a bit like that. You have like you, you get on. told that you have. You yeah, another game like In a Bind? No, In a Bind is Yogi. It's officially bought out by um Gigamic. And they've rebranded it and they're selling it now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah, it's good. I mean, yo, uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so essentially, like, it's similar. I think, I I hope they didn't steal the idea from from Bears, but uh, it's called, yeah, so you've got these eggs and you basically have to carry a certain number of them uh, in a strange way, but you're not allowed to use your hands. That's the thing. So you have to, like, carry them in between your your arms oh, right. or yeah, like underneath yeah. your arms or between your legs or whatever but like the, the further in you go the more you have to carry so it becomes increasingly difficult Dumb. but that's the game eggs excellent. excellent i
1: like it um all right uh, upstream is the game oh, i saw yeah. and it's Whoa. do you mean oh yeah
0: yeah it's a quality name it sounds
1: real Sounds weird, doesn't it? It's hexagonal name, tiles. Salmon's you play salmon. Really. You're playing salmon in this game. And oh, you are trying to swim good. up the stream. Um, and you've got to avoid like, bears and birds as you are trying to swim up there. So you'll start in a little egg, you know. Egg? Bit. In, in the egg nest at the beginning. <laughs> and then you, uh, your, your salmon have to swim and get to the top. And if you make it... But what's nice about it is the hex, hexes all kind of scroll down like the Hang river on. is rushing towards you.
0: You're an, you start off as an egg and then you have to go upstream.
1: Well, you are growing in the egg pit, which is where your salmon first is born. But
0: don't the salmon the swim pick. upstream to spawn? So wouldn't the spawn start upstream and then swim down? Maybe it's
1: being washed downstream.
0: Well, why would salmon have to swim upstream? Because <laughs> to spawn.
1: It's the melted snow, is what. Yeah. <laughs> we can have I'm so confused. This... Oh, you're trying this... to get to lay your eggs at the top. That's where you're. That's right. That's the point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I misread it. Sorry. <laughs> So,
0: i think eggs salmon real. swimming up you think, you think to the top is real i think eggs is real
1: wrong <laughs> oh no <laughs> i shot myself in the foot <laughs> you didn't yeah that was it i think you blew it there dave I blew Just it it your, was a done deal
2: yeah but,
1: i but messed it
2: up eggs you know what's really funny is that i was i kind of Obviously, the first game that I came up with earlier on, that was a game concept that I'm working on. And then the Uh second game just came to me. I was like, whatever. And then the third one, I just was completely unprepared for it. So I've got this little (laughs) Kinder egg egg thing uh, where they put the toys, you know, the little egg case. And I was just panicked. So I was like, oh, shit, it's my turn. Eggs! And then Uh just came up with a game based on that.
0: (laughs) Well, well, unfortunately, because Dave... C- completely got mixed up between how salmon work
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know which end of which end of the salmon is
0: because <laughs> everything about it sounded legit upstream salmon I'm like loving it this is real all the way and then when you started off at an egg <laughs> downstream I was getting confused oh god
2: brilliant <laughs> thanks Dave you it's threw a that pleasure
1: I <laughs> G- blew it gave it to you so you well, you can
2: play those games. You can play those half of those games. You Half of those half games of you can
1: actually play. The real ones, just to yeah, go over again, could, for my real ones were upstream, which is where you are a salmon trying to get to the top of the stream to lay your eggs. You Whoops. could play um, eggs.
2: You could play real <laughs> eggs, by the way. I mean, you um, could. You don't know why you want eggs it. eggs in your kitchen. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. Uh, really, but... All right, so got that's got the end of the game. Off so I think it went 4-2 to, four, four to me in the end. Sure so was. I, I did, At did least you don't have to play any more.
1: So that's good, isn't it?
2: <laughs> Alright, so uh, that's it That's it for this episode, this bumper episode I should say, I mean, it's a bit a longer bumper, than usual Look at this. Uh, But I hope you've enjoyed it uh, If you have any comments Or maybe you saw some games at the expo yourself And you're like, they- those guys need to know About that, then let us know You can comment, uh, you can email us At fuchitsandgiggles At gmail.com You can contact us via social media And uh, you can also just come at, Come to our houses, knock on the door uh, we'd love to hear from you that uh that's it thanks for listening and we will all see you on the next one cheerio see
0: thank you for listening to the chits and giggles podcast for more reviews and podcasts visit for